Hey everybody, thanks for coming back to this week's episode of Music to Bed of Life. Now I know you probably thought, wait, am I listening to a Seinfeld episode? What's going on here? But I've got better than that. The young man that was playing that slap bass is right here with me. Okay, not quite right here. He's across the pond a little bit. He's all the way over in Malaysia. That is my good friend and good brother, Zylon Rashak. What's going on, Z? Peace, brother. How <laughs> you doing? It's good to hear from you. It's good to see you. True. And uh, you need to teach that guy how to play bass, man. So, come here. You do the introduction. Just let you know. You got to teach him. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I've never heard anybody slap like you do. I just, I mean, it's like what you do, it seems like. Um, and I just, I'm always so impressed when I hear anything that you've done like that. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Editor's note here. Uh, as we got going, more sound got worse and worse. So we switched to another method of uh, connection. Then we got into some talk off the record, but we got into such a flow, I didn't want to stop it and, and do a reintroduction. So we'll kind of come into the middle of a question of where I asked him about playing with Connie Cole and Michael B. Ah, and I don't Michael, I, as in? Michael Brony. No, I, I, oh yeah, no, I wasn't there when he was playing. Uh -huh. When Michael was in there, yeah. when Michael B was there, I, I already left. Connie, I didn't play with Connie at that time. Uh, what's his name again? Al Ortiz. Yeah, Al, 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 Al Ortiz was playing at that time. Al Ortiz, because I was uh, with Dennis Roland all the time. <gasps> oh, doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, I was with, I was with Dennis. Dennis was the one that sent me off at the airport <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, you know. And uh, we were, I was with him for about seven years, oh. and Greg Warner. Well, yeah. well, hold hold some of that then. I I I didn't know that. I'm gonna get to that. Dennis. Let me get to that stuff. Um, yeah, I'm still in touch with Dennis, and besides, wait, wait, as wait, is. wait, 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 wait. This is what I need to talk to you about. Let's get this okay. going. I'm just gonna tell you all of this so that way you can prepare your question a little bit better. Okay. As this, I started as this with Mark Rackling and oh, Danny Odidua as I a trio. Forgot about as is. That's a trio. Me, Mark Reckling, playing a steel drum, and Danny Odiduo uh -huh. playing funga. Just the three of us. We played at the Jamaican place. Jamaican, that's a Jamaican restaurant there. And then we do a lot of stuff around Phoenix. You know, at the point, we go, uh, matter of fact, sometimes we do like two, three gigs a day, man, especially mm. on the weekends. Morning at the point, and then we go to the other point, and then the evening we're playing. Just the three of us. Before Steve Strauss come in, before all the other cats came in, just the three of us. As his trio, that's it. This was in 19... Oh, yeah. 87, 88, maybe even. Wow. 89 or 90. Yeah. Those days. Okay. And then, after that is when I started playing with uh, Connie, because I met Connie. Connie just moved from Wisconsin to Phoenix. We, I was at a strip mall somewhere. That's a music store that I was teaching. That she was walking by, and we just talking and so met at the grocery store. And she's 
she was telling me uh, she just moved the place that we can go at that time. I was playing with Michael Florio and oh, what's that singer again? So I introduced Mike to Connie and they got married. I, I was oh, and at the wedding and all that. Oh, uh, but uh, before that, I was uh, the singer that was playing this. Uh, this was sister, big huge sister, name. Uh, uh, what's the name again? Are you talking about the Reeds? No, you said no, the big Reeds. Huge. Uh, she was in and out, you know, she wasn't that popular, but she was very good. Yeah, and I think you do. I think you do. But after that, I was playing a lot everywhere, like with Carmela, mm-hmm. Mas, Sito. Mm-hmm. I was playing with her quite a bit, salsa music, Abel and Valentino, uh, Zarco, Zoom, 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 Zoomers. I was with them. And Zoomers, I was uh, with Pete Torciello at that time. Mm-hmm. The Zoomers, we were playing at Acapulco Bay Beach Club. These are all the places and all the shoes that I played wow. with, man. And then I did, uh, oof, Dennis was the longest that I stayed with. Yeah, we even mm-hmm. went to Denver, or Seattle, and all those places, travel everywhere with Dennis, too. Quite a bit. Uh, and then Jimmy Newhall, I played in her album. We did. Rec- we recorded so, one whole so album with me. Were on that then? Yeah, uh, it was me. Uh, what's what's his name? Daniel Spencer Jr. on the drum. We had uh, Peter White on the guitar. But uh, Peter Costa, White. Uh, yeah, uh, Paulina de Costa played percussion on that one. So we did the whole day thing somewhere. Uh-oh. The whole song, ten song, yeah. And then, uh, uh, what, what was that other guitarist when he played for he did a lot of the Michael Jackson stuff? Uh, Paul Jackson Jr., yeah, he was in that cut too. We did all of it together. Paul Jackson One. Jr. played for Michael, P- played, yeah, Michael Jackson, yeah, he did some, a lot of sessions for Michael. Man, no wonder Paul he Jackson. came out on his own solo album, yeah, he had a little bit so of so Paul push. Jackson, Peter White. I remember. Uh, Jeannie Newhall had Peter White's guitar in, asked me to tune it first before he flies in huh. and stuff like that. He wants a guitar to, you know, to to be used to the, uh, to get used to the temperature and stuff in the studio. Right. You know, <clears throat> so Peter White, Paulina de Costa, Paul Jackson Jr., Daniel Spencer. Daniel was a Shaka Khan's drummer before, obviously. And then uh, we toured a little bit, so they flew us to Denver, did gig in Denver, in Florida. And Florida, <laughs> check this out, man. Grover Washington opened for us. I was like, what? Grover <laughs> Washington like, opened for you? I like saw then, man. You know why? Because um, uh, a limo came, picked me up the airport, gave me a huge suite there, and all this kind of stuff. I was like, wow. And then, of course, I was uh, playing, I played with Sister Sledge, too. Hmm. When Navarro was the was the uh, musical director, when they do the West Coast, you know, when Tony Jones couldn't make it, Tony Jones was a their, their musical director who is a bass player and mm-hmm. he's in Philly. So when they do the West Coast stuff, uh, I played in a couple of them. Yeah, man, a small small world. It is, I mean, man. I just got I done interviewing Amber Dirks. Do you remember her? Yeah. Who? Amber Dirks. She was singing with Sister Sledge. Oh, too. Probably. Yeah, they, they, they maybe after I left, but Could have been. when yeah. I was with Sledge, 
whenever any of the sisters could not make it at that time all four of them were still alive mm -hmm. and then uh, there'll be a sister coming in from LA I cannot remember her name but replace them and stuff like that mm. they were yeah Joni was that Joni or Joni sang with them regularly oh uh, Joni was was uh, was there quite regularly Debbie and Joni was there regularly yeah and the other two was the one that I very seldom see but Joni and Debbie were there so let's let's go back a little bit yeah, you, you were, you were over here. Well, actually, let's go back even further. Mm -hmm. Tell me what your first recollection is of when you actually came to America. No, this is before that. Okay, your first recollection, as far back as you can remember, of when you were introduced to music. Oof. This is way uh, in school, man. In uh, junior high was the one that I started music quite seriously. Yet, I still did not take any private lesson learning music properly. I was so interested in music that I was involved in the school marching band. Hmm. And the, when I was in year seven, eight, and nine, I was so active in it. And then comes year, <clears throat> year 10, I moved to a boarding school. And the boarding school does not have a marching band. The principal found out about me being in the marching band. I was, made me the drum agent and started the marching band. So I taught the whole marching band because there's no music teacher. Oh. Well, matter of fact, he took me to Yamaha and bought instruments. So we bought trumpet, trombone, saxophone, drum, and all that. Did a marching band. I taught Alvin. And then I was a drum major and did, we didn't even have uniform yet at that time. It was the first time. So those two years, I was there only for two years. And started that and wrote down everything myself, whatever I can. And we played, we, you know, we even had the governor came over and played and all that kind of stuff. And then at the end of my high school there, right during graduation camp, we didn't know at that time, we don't know graduation. Yeah, you end your school, you have a... A certificate that says that this is, you know, you completed your blah, blah, blah. And they had a special, special presentation and gift for me for doing that from school. I was like, <laughs> they said, this is a very special gift, blah, 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 blah. We like to recognize this for similar. And then they called me. I'm like, wow. Nice. Yeah. So I started. That's that's when I got started. So, but before that, before that, before the uh, junior. Yeah, go uh, back to when I'm talking. Kid. You had to have heard music before that. Oh yeah, of course. I love music and stuff. So where now, where did it come from? Oh gosh, man, I like, I don't know. Parents I'm, I'm music? My parents know this. <laughs> this is interesting. Uh, we are not allowed any musical instruments, man. No way, you know, guys. You guys are not going to do music. What you're going to do? Rock and roll, sax, and uh, <laughs> you know, drugs. Rock and roll, sex. This is what they're thinking. So they want me to be an engineer, man. So what I did was, I used to have pencil case, I'm all about this, the rectangular size thing. So at the back of it, I would draw six lines. Mm. Guitar, right, Fred? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So And then a friend of mine has a guitar and a book, so I look for a book somewhere that shows you how to play chords. Okay? So study time at home in the evening. Parents are not there. I turn the <laughs> I turn the pencil case around and go. Okay, this is A minor. This is D or whatever the chords are. The when they come, I put that thing down and here I'm doing my math. Here's my pencil. So at math, you know, at math and all that kind of stuff. Uh, 
I had to do that. And then that boarding school was called Technical Institute of Malacca. It was in Malacca. So we did engineering science. So I studied chemistry, physics, at math, regular math, all of those. Mechanical drawing and stuff. So the mechanical drawing is like they take a whole engine block, cut that quarter out. What you see, I have to draw. Hmm. And it is very, very detailed to the point where the error is only 0.00 millimeter. Wow. So you can make, yeah, you have to be very, your, we have this thing called BOFA set. That's just the branding, BOFA. What it is, it's just all these tools to draw all this engine part stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's what I studied. And when I finished with that, I went to college <clears throat> uh, because of the fact that I studied all those mechanical engineering stuff. I went to college and did my diploma in mechanical engineering. Oh. And the college too, and I, no, when I was doing this mechanical engineering thing, right, that's when I was a drum major and uh, in a marching band and all that kind of stuff. When I get to college, <clears throat> besides going to do all this mathematics, by the way, math and music got a lot to do with it. I oh, love yeah. it. So, uh, without all this engineering, science, physics, at math, and all that kind of stuff, uh, I was also involved with this club called the Traditional uh, Music Club, Cultural Club. Mm. That's where we perform and uh, during summer break or whatever break we have, uh, term break, semester break, all these people who are involved in this cultural group will say, and we will perform, practice, and then we do a tour around Malaysia. Right. And that's what we do. And that's where all the music goes. And, and age that, here. Uh, that one was, I started that at 17, 18. Okay. Okay, 16, 17, 18. Now, by that time when I was doing my final year, there was a friend of my uncle who was the director of international student at Cornell College in Iowa, came to my uncle's house. And even though my parents don't allow me to say music, but my aunt was my younger, my mom's younger, young, the younger sister. She knew all about me and how much I love music. She called and said, hey, this person is coming to your uncle's house. Why don't you come over here and meet them? Who knows? You might be able to go there. So I did. I went and saw her. She gave me this form. Her name is Anne Dundee. I don't know <laughs> where she said. Anyway, uh, I filled up this form, gave it to her. An audition. I played trumpet for the audition. I got in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I play all the brass instruments. I still teach that. Matter of fact, I, I had to play the trumpet and trombone. Uh, yesterday and day before, oh my God, I'm running out of breath playing that. And then, uh, besides that, I, I I had to study woodwind too. So, flute was one of the instruments that I first picked up when I was in junior high. Mm-hmm. I was teaching flute, clarinet, saxophone, uh, piccolo, uh, trumpet, trombone, and then got to play. Last yesterday and day before, just basic introductory right. thing. Anyway, when I got that, when I filled that up, and I got in. She said, hey, you're accepted. You're going to go, I mean, a few weeks later, right, when she went back to U.S. and sent a letter, said, I got in. But now i got one problem, finance. How the hell am I going to go to school there without any money? So what happened was that I had to talk to my parents and my aunt. My aunt was the one that helped me out, talk to my parents about the money situation because they're not rich. They're just teachers, right? So, but they, had, they have a house. So here's what we did. We refinance the house and use the money from your escape. So, oh my God, America. Uh. 
Did you so speak I, well? You spoke uh, English already. Yeah, I spoke English because English was compulsory here in Malaysia. Um, so I went in there and with the money that we refinanced had enough to last me for a year and almost two years. Mm-hmm. Actually. So the first semester I got in Cornell, I did very well. I got a scholarship from Cornell. Once again, I got up at 4.30 in the morning to make donuts. Ah. At the camp for that, I go to class. And class goes from 8.30, 8 o'clock sometimes, all the way up to 3 o'clock the lunch break. So I attend all the class. At the end, at 3 o'clock, I'm always at the library, finishing up all my homework for the whole day and practice and all that kind of stuff and work. And after that evening, I'll be practicing, practicing, practicing until midnight or so. So I practice about six to nine hours a day. Mm. Go to bed and go make donuts again. That's all. Because I was scared that if I don't do well, I might get kicked out of the country. I didn't want that to happen. So I worked so hard. But thank God I got the scholarship, was able to make money to pay for my tuition fees. I did all of that. And <clears throat> I graduated one year earlier. So instead of a four-year degree, three years, I was done. But I didn't, I said, no, I want to stay on. So I stayed on and take some extra classes that one year. <laughs> I did. And then at the final year, before the final year, at that time, I, I never was interested in girls, never a girlfriend, except for the last year. I had a girlfriend who's from Phoenix. Oh. So, went to Phoenix, because, you know, college is, I'm done. Except taking all these, you know, elective classes, right? Uh-huh. So, I went back. With her of all time, summertime. It was early summer, it wasn't that hard. So when I came to Phoenix and go, oh okay. But during my end last semester, Cornell, I applied for a few places. I applied for Arizona State University, I applied for Harvard, uh, and the other one is USC, I believe. I got accepted to Harvard to do a doctorate in musicology. But it will take seven years. I'm like, what? Yeah, it says because I was from fresh from a, a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. So I need to do my master's and PhD. So it said seven years. But it will be in musicology. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I'm going to be sitting and reading a lot? Nah, that's not me. I want to perform. And then I went to ASU. I found out about Mr. Chuck Maroney. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> I went there to talk to him because I want to play. I want to perform. Mm-hmm. So I did my master's in music education there, but I wanted to be to be able to talk and do something. I said, I remember sitting outside his office for hours, just waiting to talk to him, to see him really? at ASU. Yeah. So I got accepted at ASU at Harvard and this other place. I can't remember if I got accepted or not. Obviously, probably not because I can't even remember. So- but Harvard, I did. I had that letter from Harvard and I didn't show my mom because my mom would find out because she's... She was an assistant principal, right? And she finds out that, hey, you got accepted to Harvard and you don't accept it? What, are you crazy? Blah, 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 blah. Because I don't want to study, man, plus seven years, bro. Yeah. I want to perform. I want to, I like jazz. I want to do jazz. So I'll talk to Chuck Money and say, I want to do jazz. I want to do Latin music. Okay, Phoenix it is. Plus, the bonus is that my girlfriend is from Phoenix. Right. At that time. <laughs> so I decided to move so, to so Phoenix. So what year was that, just to... Get the time oh, here. 1985. 1985. Okay. So yeah. I was still here. I mean, active with the university at that time. Yeah. So I got in in 86. 
Okay. I did 85, but I, I got in January 86 until 87. Mm-hmm. Yeah. End of 87. And the master's was only a year and a half in music education, right? I remember classes with, uh, with Dr. Strange. Yeah. I was the only one doing masters. The rest of them were PhD because evening classes, right? They're so much older than me. I'm like, oh man, what classes? I feel like kind of scared. You know, I was the only one doing masters. The rest of them were PhD students taking this uh, Woodwinds technique classes with Dr. Strange. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was amazing, I, right? Yes, it was amazing. And then um, that's it, man. From there, we got here. The how I got to know all these people was I went to Melody Lounge jam session and I start jamming uh, in there and people found out and then they start talking blah 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 next thing I knew yep that's next it thing I knew, Z was on the way I'm on the way man that's <laughs> it man after that I went I came back to Malaysia for about a year uh-huh. about a year because of the work and stuff like that so I came back about a year and then. Uh, when I came back, it's when I got a phone call from, uh, uh, well, got hooked up, you know, got married. Oh, okay. American lady. To the Phoenix time. girl? Not that one, a different one. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and we were married for 10 years. Here? In, yeah. In America? Yeah, in Phoenix. I used to live in Glendale, where the parents were from Glendale, and then we lived in Phoenix, we lived in Tempe. And all those places. Yeah. So that's how around. Yeah, man. I was gonna say, I was gonna ask you how you got here. I see now yeah. how you got here. And then yeah. you got into did you know that I'm Doctor Strange is actually the reason I'm down here? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. So I met him and Phil in uh is Phil in Japan, by the way? Yes, he is. Okay. You married a Japanese lady, right? Yes. And they have yeah. a little baby girl now. Wow, that one I didn't know, so I lost touch with them, but Chuck Maroney, I was for a while. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, yeah, I That's- met them up at Interlocking, and he gave me the spiel, and it sounded good and warm, because mm-hmm. anywhere other than Michigan was a good place for me to go, as long as it was warm. <laughs> well, yeah, because huh? of him. That's why I'm down here. Wow. Originally, where are you from, Tony? Michigan. Pontiac. Oh. Ah, okay. Pontiac, Michigan. Pontiac, okay. Cool. Yeah. So so none of this sounded like, I didn't hear anything in that that said you, other than the guitar, mm-hmm. I didn't hear anywhere in there where you picked up bass. Yeah, okay. Now, at Cornell, <laughs> my instrument is was a guitar. <clears throat> you have to take the, okay, I took classical guitar for the first semester, but I want to do jazz guitar. And after that, they got me doing jazz guitar. And it's a big band. Big band is the bass player. I said, I play bass. Mm. So I went out there, bought me a bass guitar, bass M and stuff. And then after the first year, second year, uh, I was going somewhere doing something. And I came back and said, oh, by the way, uh, we just made you the president of Cornell Jazz Society. I'm like, huh? And then they also made me the student representative to the faculty. So every time in there's a faculty meeting, yes, I was doing quite well over there. Uh, <laughs> the faculty meeting, they have to have a student, couple of students in there. So I was, yeah, I was a student representative to the um, 
to the faculty, music faculty of Cornell, and also was the president of the jazz band, jazz uh, society or club, whatever they want to call it, and the big band and all that kind of stuff. And that's it. Hmm. And being the president of that club or society, I was able to walk across the campus because they have music festival every year. And I remember distinct you know, two of the shows. One of them was the late Ahmad Jamal, was the pianist that invited. So I get to hang out with him because of the president. I get to take him to, to dinner. Mm-hmm. And uh, who uh, who's that saxophone player? It wasn't Google Washington. Was it Google Washington? What's Marianne another Meadows. old... Sorry? Marion Meadows? No, Marion was a long time ago. I was in uh, Phoenix. This older, older than that. I'm talking about the 80s, 80s. Uh, oh. oh, God. Who could that be? Clamor? No. Uh, Coltrane? No. no uh, after both kind of thing. Well, we had like what? We had Google Washington. So, so you're talking uh, contemporary jazz. Yeah, contemporary jazz. Not really contemporary. He's both contemporary and traditional jazz. So he's traditional. I think it was global. I was. I remember walking across the campus, telling him, "Look, I'm from Malaysia, man. I'm the president. I'm from Malaysia. I'm studying here. I'd like to live. What can you advise me?" Blah blah. He gave me a whole bunch of stuff. Oh. Yeah, it was global Washington. I I think. Did he? He's talking about on campus. Yeah. You ran into Grover Washington on campus? No, no. He had that music festival. Grover was the artist okay. that featured artists in the music festival for that on the campus. Oh, so okay. I was supposed to take him to this other place in campus for dinner. Okay. You know, so we walked across the campus to that venue. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I said they do music festival every year. And I distinctly uh, remember two, one of Ahmad Jamal, uh, or three. The other one was uh, Grover Washington. And another one was uh, with a uh, white player, Steve. Uh, gosh. Did you say vibes? He was, sorry? Did you say Steve vibes? Swallow. No, Steve Swallow was the bass player. And also we have Steve Bailey was there. And also vibraphone, yeah, vibraphone. Gary Burton. Gary Burton. Yes. Okay. Another group that I get to hang out with, the whole band came to hang out with, and they did their stuff, and I learned a lot. That's how I got all my music stuff happening. Yeah, you did. You and you. This sounds like this was before you got hooked up with uh, Connie. Then. Oh yeah, this is way, way, way before. This is in nineteen between nineteen eighty 
1985. These are all between that time. I didn't come to Phoenix, met Connie until 1990. And that was after you went back to Malaysia and came Yeah, back. after I went back for a year and then came back here. Mm -hmm. And after you came back, how long did you stay? Because I know that's where I met you. Yes, I came when I came back. Uh, let me see. I was here for ten years. Was it ten years? Yeah. And then, and and you said you played. Who are the groups? Line those names up for me again. You played for okay. Connie um, and Connie, of course. But before Connie, I was uh, with Aziz. I was the original Aziz, Aziz yeah. bass player. When at that time it was only a trio, and then Dennis Roland. Uh, uh, who else was it? Okay, Dennis Roland, uh, Abel Valentino in South Station, Camila Ramirez, Mas, uh -huh. Masito, yeah, uh, of course, Dennis, and then uh, Joey Navarro. Mm -hmm. I wasn't with Joey Navarro's project, I was with Joey Navarro playing with Dennis and also playing with Sister Sledge at that time, too. Uh -huh. And you, you and played with Dennis, you said the longest? Yeah, Zaco Guerrero. Zoomers, zoom, zoom, zoom. Zoomers. Yeah. yeah. So you got hooked up in the in the valley scene pretty yep. tight, actually. Yep, yep. I got hooked up with all of them, man. Yeah, you did. And then you knew uh, Mike Florio. You played with Mike. Yeah, Mike Florio. How did I meet him? Yeah, from the scene and stuff like that. You know, he was playing with. With uh, I don't know what's the guitarist name. I cannot remember who's a composer as well. And then we kind of meet somewhere, and then we decided to do this group with Patty Patty Austin. No, no, Patty Austin, Patty Williams, the trio. And then we met Connie. Blah, 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 blah. Connie joined us, <laughs> and uh, they got married. I was the best man, and that was it. Uh -huh. The rest is history, you know. So I was in for a while, and then when Dennis was with me, so I was uh, too busy with 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 Mike. I no, no, sorry, with uh, Dennis. That uh, and then they got a different bass player. Oh, okay. different, yeah. Uh, Dennis is from Detroit. Yep, sure is. I stood in line with him to get tickets to see. I think it was Earth, Wind, and Fire. He was like oh. number two, and I was number three in line. We still wow. talked for a bit. I know he's not going to remember yeah. that, but I do. <laughs> you know, talking about Earth, Wind, and Fire, I came back here. Uh, I was attached. I was the head of this uh, music college, uh, the few departments, degree, diploma, and Berkeley transfer program. I was the head of that. And at that time, there was this F1 in Malaysia, right? Before F1, the night before, a few nights before, there were always at concerts and things like that. Earth, Wind, and Fire was one of them. Uh -huh. And then, at that time, the Prime Minister's son called me, Hey, Zalan, would you like to have Earth, Wind, and Fire do a clinic with Earth, Wind, and Fire, and we invite people? I said, sure. So we booked up a hotel uh, ballroom. This is a small ballroom. And I had my student from the college. The college was International College of Music, ICOM, they call it. Mm -hmm. And, and they, they, it's just... Uh, they're just uh, pop music, right? So what happened was that I told the students, I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to set this up. And this prime minister's son uh, paid for everything, right? And he was the organizer that brought, he owns the organizing company uh -huh. that brought the Earth, Wind, and Fire for the concert. 
So this is the day before the concert. <clears throat> so we did. I did that in the morning. Okay. Invited all the students. Students came. And uh, Philip Bailey, Ralph Johnson, and Verdine, the three of them came. Stage. We did a Q&A. But before that, I had my students all practice and stuff. They did September. They did a couple of their tunes. They were just hanging about, man. I bet they so, were. Yeah. And then the next day, I had my gig. I had a 13-piece band that played for uh, Mercedes McLaren F1 party. A huge thing. I can show you. I can share with you some photos and some some uh, a video to think of me playing my solo and stuff. Yeah. And at that time, I already met those three, right? Uh, mostly Ralph and Verdine. Ralph and Verdine were very friendly. Uh, Philip Bailey wasn't that friendly, unfortunately. Sorry. He was too busy trying to go play golf. Don't want to, you know, didn't want time. You know, he wants his own time. So anyway, but Ralph and Verdine was so cool. They called me and I said, hey, man, uh, we just did our concert. And then, uh, oh, we have to go to this VIP meeting party, mm-hmm. right? And they said, it's boring, man. Can we come to your gig? I said, sure. <laughs> so, but they did that for, because there are parties in town where, Mercedes held theirs, BMW had theirs, and all the other companies had theirs. So they were with BMW. So I told the organizer, I said, can I reserve a place for special guests? Up, you know, that's like the stage over there and the second level where you can see overhead. So they block off that place. I said, sure, sure. And then who's coming? I said, oh, be a surprise. I said, ah. okay. So this is a Mercedes deal, right? Right. Event. So what happened was that uh, they came after we played set. So they came. To the Mercedes event, chauffeured in a BMW. Ah. <laughs> so, from the BMW's uh, event. So it went that way. They came, and then people were like, "What?" They saw the event. They loved it so much. How times for you? Okay, hold on. My daughter is leaving. I was supposed to take her, but now she's going to take Grab or uh, Uber. They call it here. They call it Grab. Oh. And uh, yeah, she's going to work. What time you finish? All right. So anyway, bye, um, bye Marsha. So uh, they came, and then we played. Uh, I played some Tanya, real funky style. Put in some, hey, man, can you play that song again, man? Can you play that song? You know, I got a photo with you. I'll share, I'll share with you all of it. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, we had to call them to jam, right? Mm-hmm. I said, would you guys play jam with us? Sure, what do we play, man? September, I said, because we play September. They sure enough, they came up and played September with us. Ah, oh, nice. Went to school. Yeah. And you've got some stories. Oh, yeah. And then, so we <laughs> did that, right? It was great, wonderful. I had a wonderful time. Mercedes was so happy. At the end, Mercedes said, oh, Zanan, who are you going to call to jam next year? I'm like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hooking you up for the next year. Yeah, so the next year, I didn't do the gig, but I did the clinic again, the mm-hmm. question and answer. Mm-hmm. But this time, it was with Josh Benson and Al Jiro. Nice. So I set that up, and Daniel got to jam with them, and they did the thing, so they jammed. Daniel jammed with Al Jiro and, uh, and Josh Benson on the guitar. Nice. And then was playing conga with them. You we did were? the same thing, question and answer and stuff like that. It was really cool. Oh, yeah. I actually got to talk to George Benson, one on about five or six of us at Gamage. Yeah. Remember Gamage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
one of those concerts, right. uh, I got to slip out into the hallway where uh, a friend of mine who was an usher told me he was hanging out. Got to talk to him for a bit. Really nice gentleman. Really yeah. nice gentleman. I got That's to right. ask some questions. Him, uh, both him and Al now they live on Phoenix. Well, he lives in Phoenix. George Benson. George does, yeah. I just saw yeah. George's concert. Yeah. Uh, he just had a week ago. Scottsdale or Paradise Valley or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He's I think it's Paradise Valley. Yeah. Might be Scottsdale so, actually, but yeah. So those are the things that I did when I came back. When I came back when I was uh, after I came back here. You were hooked up and get that and get the chance to do that. So you and were, then you were so I tied did. up with all these people. How did you end up leaving well, us and going back to Malaysia? Well, the reason why I came back was because uh, right when when I my my father passed away, oh, okay. and in Islam you don't wait to bury them. Mm -hmm. It's like torturing the soul. They said so, bury immediately. So I was going to come back, and then my mom said, "No, no, don't come back yet because everything is done. There's nothing else you can do. Why don't you come back during uh, end of Ramadan mm -hmm. festival?" Mm -hmm. So I came. I did that. I came back for two weeks. So I came back for two weeks, spent two weeks, you know, I was very close to my mom. So I spent two weeks here and then towards the end, my mom said, when are you, why don't you come back here? Uh, this way you won't miss, if I pass away, you won't miss my funeral. I'm like, ah, guilt trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It was. Yes, I'm like, man. So I was like, let me think about it. <clears throat> After two weeks, I was flying home. I flew to Taiwan first. I mean, you know, on the way there, I got to thinking about all of this and say, okay, maybe I should spend some time with my mom because I was very close with her. <clears throat> I got to Taiwan. I said, I called her. I said, okay, mom, I will come back, but I need six months to give notices and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I need to give notices to the school. I was, I was teaching at Tolson School District. So I need to give them report. Uh, Estre Mountain Community College. I was teaching, lecturing there as well. I got to give them. To, and then, of course, to Dennis. <clears throat> Sledge and all the people that I did with, I said, okay, I'm only going to stay for six months. So after six months, <clears throat> Dennis Olun and Greg Warner was the one that sent me to the airport to come back. Mm. Dennis gave this cap, Arizona cap, you know, and all that. Dennis, he was very, I was very close to him, so he sent me off. And that's when I came back. <clears throat> that's why I came back. And I came back. But then again, in Malaysia, I already knew a lot of musicians and yeah. artists here. So I hooked it up before six months before I come back, I say, I'm coming back, guys. I need some work, blah, blah, blah. And that's why I got hooked up, and I was <clears throat> made a lecturer at the university, one of the biggest universities that has, oh, gosh, I don't know, 13 different campuses and over maybe almost 200,000 students now. <clears throat> so I was there for a long time. And then before, after, after I left that, I was at the ICOM, International College of Music. And... After all of that, I was also at Java Jazz. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I got some photos I'm going to show you. I was with uh, the late George Duke, Tanya Maria. Oh, yeah. I was with them. I was with Level 42. I you was played with, with Level 42? No, I didn't play with Level 42. I was with them. We had, we had supper together. Oh, okay. You guys are hanging and then, out. I sure. Uh, who else? Uh, I saw we met... And had dinner as well. Jeffrey Osborne. Uh, who's that singer that has a two-tone? Uh, Lela Hathaway. Mm -hmm. Of course, Marcus was there. Marcus signed my bass for me. 
<laughs> and we were staying at the same hotel and we were doing some stuff together because I was performing there as well. Uh-huh. So a lot of people, man, yet uh, Watanabe, uh, Jeff Kashiwa, all these people. Jeff, oh, Jeff, the Rippingtons. Yeah, Rippingtons. Oh, man, I did another tour with Janice where Rippingtons, we were this uh, summer tour they did. Where is it? Well, I think West Coast. And there were five groups. I was with Dennis, and Bobby Cotwell was there. Uh, Rippingtons was there. Tower Power, and the other one was I cannot remember. Spyro Jaya, yeah. Oh, Spyro, yeah. So we were all in this group. So I met all those guys. We hung out and stuff like that because I was at that time I was playing with Dennis. That was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, it was. That's <laughs> that. And then the Java Dare thing was like, man, we did a jam jam session every night. And all these stars were there. You name it, who you want. You know, Algernon was there. Uh, Shaka Khan was there. Goodness. James Brown did a show there. Level 42. Uh, Tanya Maria. Wow. You know, Look at you. Yeah. So all these people, man, I got a, I had the opportunity to share stages with them. Mm-hmm. And then sit down and, and talk. And <clears throat> I remember me and <clears throat> Josh... You, you, Having breakfast and George were like, you know, kind of messy, man. He's got eggs. Everywhere. <laughs> Something like that. That was, that was funny. George is a big boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll share with you all these photos, man. All, all I would love to there. see those. Yeah. And uh, level 42, because, you know, level 42, when I was in Phoenix and I was doing my master's, at that time I was staying in Mesa. At that time we only had video, right? Uh-huh. Cassettes. Uh-huh. Watching him. And on my bed, with my bass, and watching Mark King and trying to do all these things with Mark King. Oh. Well, there's a question for you. Um, how how did you get your style of slapping? Because, yeah, I hear everybody slap, but I don't know what it is about yours. It's just so distinct. Well, you know what? Who influenced the person that influenced me the most is Marcus Miller. Okay. Remember, remember, I told you about when I was in college in Malaysia, and during the the break, the term break, the summer break, we the all that I involved in the cultural group stayed mm-hmm. and practice, and then toured. Mm-hmm. During the practice session, one of the guys, the drummer, brought this cassette man of uh, real funk. The name of the song is Real Fun, of course. Uh, Lee Ritner was on the right. Real Fun. The solo in there, bass solo by Marcus Miller. First time I heard this, it was in 1978 or 79, I believe. Mm-hmm. I freaked out. I go, <gasps> and I kept rewinding and running. So when we're done eating, everybody went home. I decided to stay and kept listening and listening and listening over and over and over and over again. At that time, I was playing bass a little bit. Uh-huh. I played most of the time during the tour. I played flute, but ba- flute and bass. So, you know, damn, man, I want to do that. I want to learn how to do this. So it's, it's Marcus Miller. I want to go. I got to learn how to do it. Where is it? Where is he from? U.S. I want to go to U.S. Get that thing. <laughs> So 
that's how we got started, man. And then every album that Marcus played, almost every album that Marcus played, or when I go out there and buy album, a cassette or whatever, at that time there's no CD, I look at it, musicians, if I see Marcus Miller, I'll buy it. I'll buy it, yeah. 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 Marcus Miller, because I want to. So I've been listening to that, and that's the thing. And uh, besides getting those uh, tips in there, watch Mark King and him, mostly. Like Stanley Clark, just a little bit, not too much. Mm-hmm. And I just develop on the rest of them is from inside here. Mm-hmm. You know, it just comes out and then just I just play and all this little thing, you know, yeah. put them together because of my passion in bass playing and I love that bass so much at that time. Whatever comes through me, and I saw is what comes out, and that's what it is. I don't know how to explain otherwise. Oh, you don't have to explain. I understand passion. You know, it's, it's passion, man. It's, that's it, man. Yeah, and yeah. that's how we got all going, and then the groove thing. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. So, so speaking of the I'm groove, I'm actually people were saying when I was in Philly, yeah, man, you're not from Malaysia, man. You're a brother. I <laughs> am a brother. I am a brother of a Malaysian outside. Uh, that's right. So you know what I'm saying? Damn. <laughs> ah, <Yeah. see. laughs> that's right. I am a brother. I is a brother. <laughs> I think, you know, I remember also one of the Christmas break when I was at Cornell, my, one of the seniors was from Chicago. He's a black Muslim brother. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, man, why don't you come spend some time with us? So you know, I didn't go to his house yet. I went to other places. And then I went there, took the loop at 2 o'clock in the morning in Chicago. And the mom was like, ah! Why did you guys let him do that? He might get killed. So anyway, I went to the, I went to the house. I spent some time with them, you know. Uh, Roland Ziad Harvey is the name. It's his name. Yeah, Roland okay. Ziad Harvey, I still remember. And, and they were black Muslims. And I went to the house and I brought this mat, praying mat, that mm-hmm. my dad bought from Mecca, gave mm-hmm. to me and I gave to them. The mom was so, oh, my gosh, thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. So, so we were there hanging out and stuff like that. And they, they took me to the to the black malls, to the uh, Malcolm X, the smalls and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, I spent a lot of time. Even though they knew, and not only them, other people, other black friends, they knew about me being Muslim. Mm-hmm. But they still asked me, hey, man, can you play a gig with us at this uh, Southern Baptist Church? I said, sure, man. It paid <laughs> So I did. I went, and they, and 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 the uh, the pastor or the, the Reverend Father said, uh, "I'd like to thank you. I know you're Muslim. You know, thank you for doing this and stuff." So I was playing bits with them. Oh yeah, this is man. This that's that's where it is. Getting so that's funny. why I said I'm, I'm actually a brother in here. <laughs> I'm a brother right here. Playing Just in like South Baptist man. My soul is. I'm a brother. Uh, yeah, that's why. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta have that. See, that is something that you either have or you don't. The soul. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That is yeah. so true. Yeah. It is so true because yeah. you, that's not something you just learn. You you have exactly. to have that come from and, inside. Yeah, you might have a little bit of it over time. It might develop. Yeah. To make it stronger. Yeah. You'll understand it better. And if After, and the, the yeah. other thing that helped you out is you got around people, so you got in that environment where that could flourish. That is very important. You know, 
I told my students, even now, even the one that who already has a PhD in Amsa, I kept telling them, look, the papers, it doesn't matter where you get it from, your degree, your master's, or PhD, it does not matter. The most important thing I said when I was in America for 18 years, the most I learned was when I was on the street. Hmm. See, you meet all these musicians, you meet all very different types of musicians. Uh, grab them, be a sponge, man, do yeah. whatever you can. I learned a lot more on the street than I did in college. So I told them whether or not your paper is from Harvard or your paper is from MIT or if it was from UITM, UITM is like an MIT Malaysia. That's a university I, I taught for 10 years. It doesn't matter where you're from. That paper just says that you got a bachelor's degree or master's degree or PhD right. degree. Your experiences. Now, after you're done with that, go out, I said, go get all these things on the street, which is so important to me. Yes. So I did it, man. I'm so glad. I took time to go to Chicago, of course, West Coast, Phoenix, and all this kind of stuff, all these places, meeting all these musicians, learning from them, watching them. You can never stop learning. You can never stop watching. You got to go out there. You cannot go right now. Kids have all these gadgets and stuff. They don't go out, man. They stay mm-hmm. there. They watch videos and stuff. No, you got to go out there, man. Yeah, go to go the out. music yeah. the club. You know, all this band that just play at the club. You learn something. Just go. And not only that, but when you're playing live out, yeah. you are getting instant feedback from people. Exactly. While you're playing and after you're yeah. playing, because they're gonna let yeah. you know if they liked you or not. Yeah, man, that's it. That's it. <laughs> it's going to it's, let you know. Oh gosh. And the other thing you have to have is humility, which is what another one of the things that sets you apart. Um, you're another one of those humble guys that's just oh, killing it, but you don't you come know that- out acting like I'm all that. You know, I think that is from where I was brought up and our religion makes us do that. Mm-hmm. You cannot, you know, first you cannot talk bad about other people. Mm-hmm. Number two, you cannot have this, they call it Ria. Ria is like, <laughs> I'm big headed, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a no-no. That's a big no-no in our religion. Matter of fact, if you are like that, then you... <laughs> You know, you'll burn. But uh, uh, most importantly, you have to be nice to everybody. You have to treat everybody with respect. It doesn't matter whether it's a child, or whether it's a poor person or rich person. It does not matter. No. Yes, that so, is so I, true. Think, I think that that's from the religion thing more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it shows. It definitely shows in your actions. You got to share you what have. you have. You, and you have. I mean, <laughs> you're here. Let's, uh, well, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll add it in again. But when I asked you to play for my early tunes, you know, I was like, he's actually going to do this? Wow. Oh, man. I'm going to get Zylan Rock to play on my tunes. Oh, man, I would do it too. You know, it's, I mean, you asked me to, and I'm free. I can do it. Why not? I mean, you. Not everyone thinks that way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, see that that's the thing. That's where I was talking about just now, as far as the uh, uh, religion and the way we were brought up, our culture and religion. It's that we we have to be nice to everybody, you know. Yeah, you know, we have to be basically the word is down to earth, right? Exactly, and not get 
big-headed about something, thinking, thinking that uh, you know everything, you know, nobody, uh, you're better than everybody. That's not right, man. Right. You cannot do it. Yeah. So, so You can always learn something from somebody. You yeah. never know everything. Never. That's right. So, so I, sir, I sure appreciate the attitude. Now, as if it wasn't amazing enough how you play, let's hear a little solo from your son Daniel on the drums. Yeah, he's, he started when he was two. <laughs> Isn't that, I mean, I, I know when you, you said he started when he was two. Yeah. Yeah, I heard him when he was earlier drumming when he before was, this. Yeah, when he was three, uh, I was at a rehearsal. This is one of these recording artists here singing Route 66, right? So the drummer took him, put him on a stool with hi-hat. I mean, his legs are dangling. Teen, 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 teen. Swing, right, single man. Yeah. The singer, this late singer, uh, she passed away last year. He goes, check this out, man. Daniel's playing this. He's only three years old. <laughs> Swinging a lot while I was playing my playing bass at that time. So he must he must have been picking that stuff up. Like I asked you, where did what was your earliest recollection yeah. of like recognizing that you had music around you? And you said it okay. wasn't my parents. Yeah. And I understand why. Yeah. But with Daniel. It was, I was producing uh, an album here in Malaysia. Mm -hmm. At that time, his mother was pregnant. She came with me to the studio. And I was at the studio 12 hours. And there's a huge couch. She'd be laying there asleep. Uh -huh. They called Tony. And my music playing at the huge speaker uh -huh. while I was producing this album. So that's where he got it. Well, of course, he's in the <laughs> Brother, it's in the blood. Right. I mean, literally. <laughs> yeah, and then he that's all he wants to do, nothing else but that. I see why. I mean, that boy is bad. That boy, <laughs> he's got some time skills. Oh yeah, he's 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 quite good. Well, he's good to a point where some of the senior musicians in town here. Was afraid. I'm like, oh man, Daniel's coming to the beat. Oh, man. oh sometimes they have to do a seven, eight, or six. Me, uh, can we ask Daniel to do this, to do this instead of me? I'm like, hey man, this is our gig. Leave him alone. He's only four, five, or six years ah. old. Like, oh, you're ten, eleven, twelve. I'm like, damn, yeah, that's what it is, man. Yeah, and you know what? My daughter is quite musical too. Actually, she just kept it to herself, but she's more. She plays a ukulele. Mm -hmm. She wants to play ukulele, all right? I got her one. Uh, and then a couple of months later, she comes down and starts playing all oh, this weird chords. I'm like, hey, how did you learn? Oh, you too. She learned from you too. She's writing stuff. Brilliant. But her passion is voice acting and dance. So she has her own, now she has her own K-pop dance group. That's you know, she's doing very well. Yeah. I will share with you the link. Where you can see her dance and stuff like that, and then she was she started when she was fourteen. Uh -huh. She's nineteen when she's doing that, and she uh, there is this uh, cartoon animation on Netflix right now. Well, you can get them here. It's called Bobo Boy Galaxy. B O I uh, Bobo 
Bobo Boy. B-O-I-B-O-Y-B-O-Y, something like that. B-O-B-O-I-B-O-Y, Bobo <laughs> Boy Galaxy. Okay, this this is animation, right? Uh-huh. Is the voice of the Bobo Boy. She is? Yeah. Nice. Now, they've got, like, now, on Netflix, you got, uh, there are two movies on Netflix already. You can check it out on YouTube too, or the English version, not the Malaysian thing. The English version is her, her voice. They're about, man, they got like 18 million hits and all that kind of stuff. You got 52 episodes out. So she did all of them. Excellent. Really? He's the main voice character. Yeah. So, who's with the commander on this mission? Bobo Boy. Bobo Boy? Yes. We need to hurry, Captain. We don't know who stole the power spheres. Hmm. Very well. Let's go. Haven't you learned your lesson, boy? Give it up already! I... I will never give up! See, you just... You just pass it out. It just... What? (laughs) Entertainment. No, you give it to them. Right out of the heart. One very important thing. This is my thesis I did when I was at ASU. It's called uh, Nurtured by Love. Hmm. Okay. So that was a book did by Dr. Suzuki. Well, some educators said that Dr. Suzuki is fake love, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. I don't know how true, but whatever it is, I did a thesis on Dr. Suzuki called Nurtured by Love. Hmm. Basically, in teaching music to somebody, you cannot force or, in general, in teaching something to a younger person or to whoever, you have to give it with love. You have to nurture them. Mm-hmm. You don't teach it. See, if I were to, right, let's let's just say I have a subject here to, to be taught, right? And I cannot teach. If I do it, oh, well, no, it's this way. Anybody can teach it. If I have a module, I set a module for them. Okay, just follow this module and teach you can just go through it. You're done teaching it. Right. But you need to nurture them. That's the part that a lot of people don't have. Yeah. You know, just teaching the student, you have to nurture the student with love. Yeah. And this is important in teaching music, especially from the younger age, right? In order for them to be good at the end. So you have to nurture them by love. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Um I completely understand that considering my first uh, and almost only uh, flute teacher that I had, she was my private lessons teacher. And Mm. when she, when I went to lessons, I mean, the the fact of the matter is, is I became really good friends with the entire family uh, to the point where I was going over to the house, hanging out with with the, the kids, not just going yep. for lessons. Um, and that doesn't happen if you have a teacher you don't like or get along with. And she yes. was serious about making me good. And you could tell. She's nurturing you. Feel she wasn't she was absolutely you. nurturing. Absolutely. Yeah. She, to the point where one time I went to lessons and I played like five notes. And she's like, you didn't practice, did you? Nope. So call <laughs> your mom back. Of course. So come get of you. you. Five minutes it. in, man. I... And that that was a half hour lesson that mom wasn't getting the money back for. Did I do yeah. that ever again? Uh-uh. Well, no. <laughs> no, no. 
you're going to get whooped in big time That's if you do. That's right. She, she, she was kick nurturing. Out. Yeah. From one mom to the other. It's like, no, I'm not putting up with that. If he doesn't want to practice, he's not coming to this lesson. So yeah. nurturing is absolutely the right word for it. Exactly. So yeah. like I said, anybody can teach, but when he, you know, you got to nurture them. Yeah. Man, you see, see, that's why young teachers nowadays sometimes get all upset and angry because especially teaching teenagers and stuff, they get yeah. upset because of the way they are. Yeah. You know, you got you to gotta connect with them, man. You got to hook up with them so you can nurture them. And believe, it, believe me, you don't have to explain to them. They will know because they can feel it. Mm-hmm. Oh, sincere in nurturing me. Okay, sincere, okay. Hey, yeah. I, and then when they see us, like, hey, what's up? Like my students here, they call me Mr. Z. Hey, hi, Mr. Z, how you doing? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? They're like, oh, wow, cool. He says, hi. And then, and then, and then we, take the, we take the trouble to ask them. And then I keep in touch with their parents. Keep them updated. So that's the thing, you know? Yeah. We got to nurture them. Information's always yeah. good. Yep, yep. So with your education, are you a doctor? I was supposed to. I quit. Okay. After after starting because uh, at all starting to do my PhD, <clears throat> uh, I got an offer. Mm-hmm. I said, them, I like this offer. <laughs> I don't need to have the PhD to get this because some people with a PhD couldn't even get that much, right? In terms, of, you know, when I was teaching. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I understand that too. But then again, you know, now I'm thinking about it. I think, well, but then again, it's not important because I kept thinking about it. I wish I had my doctor because I want in front of my name to have a doctor. Doctor, Doctor Z. And also a professor, which is what it was. Well, you are a professor. Well, right? yeah. Yeah. But in Malaysia, you have to be in a certain university or uh given to you and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. So Professor Zylon with the big upright bass in the back corner <laughs> I see standing there. And I wanted you to play something. Oh. But I'm gonna have to play something for you. Yes. Instead. Let me see which one I want to put be on. Because I'm not all hooked up and I have to, you know, go get the stuff and things like that. So Oh, you know what? I'm going to turn my air conditioning off a little bit because it's too cold here. <laughs> it's, it's only, and I had it set like uh, 23 degrees, but then again, 20, my, oh, yeah, Celsius. <laughs> yeah, Celsius. And it's, uh, this is a two and a half horsepower right above me right here. That's right. Nice. And it's pretty big horsepower. So, how does okay. it feel playing this with your son? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what, man? Uh, the blood. You know, it's the same blood. Therefore, we can connect. And therefore, the soul is like, like yeah. that. Me and him, people are like, oh, man, when they play together, man, we cannot, you know. People are saying that. I say, yeah, because, because of that. Because uh, father and son. Or if you are siblings, that's another thing. And that's why the... Uh, 
the siblings you're inter- interviewing, uh, what was the name again? Point, whatever point. The siblings? Sorry? Oh, the Sinus brothers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The siblings. Because they're so, they're tight. Oh, they are. <laughs> yeah. It's in the blood, man. It's in the blood. That's why they're like that. Yeah, but it's different brother to brother. I, I know they're proud of each other, but for yes. father to, to hear his son mm-hmm. playing like that, to oh, yeah. the level, because I know the level you're playing at, and yeah. he's keeping right up with it. Just, that's got to be something to be very proud of. Yeah, I'm very proud, man. The thing that, too, that helps, too, is that he comes with me to rehearsals with all these other players, and he sees, oh, wow, this is what it is supposed to be. Mm. Just boom, it's not that, you know. You got to know the inside, the music and stuff like that in order to be like that. So I think he knows that. And then... And he'll be like, oh, that's not right. I cannot do that. Oh, why is it like, oh, you know, because he becomes critical because he has been exposed. So now that comes to an important part about learning music, which everybody has to have. You have to have a huge music vocabulary. Yeah. Just so that yeah. you can reflect. You need this reference, you know. It's just like my analogy to a lot of my students are like, Okay, you take this child and put this child in a room for about a year or two. Do not speak to him. When you open up that room and talk to the child, can the child speak? So, um, not sure. He has not been exposed to any sort of language. Right. If you take that child and expose him to all different types of languages, that's why sometimes a child, you know, they can speak seven, four, five, six, seven languages. Mm-hmm. Music, same thing. Please, I told them, listen to all different types of music. So you have all these references up here, you know, slaughter up here, okay, this type of music. When you go to a recording, you go perform on stuff like that. Oh, oh yeah, I know, I've heard something. Oh, this is something like this. Is, right. This is music. So your music vocabulary has to be huge in order for you to be able to play that. Just like we're speaking right now. If right. I do not learn English and don't speak English very much, I will be speaking broken English to you in Malaysian with a little mm. Malaysian. Uh, 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 um, how you say, uh, check out Google, yeah. how to translate. Yeah. <laughs> which, which would so, be me trying to speak, speak Malay. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. So if you want to play music, make sure, if you want to be good, Make sure you have a huge music vocabulary and play it from in here. You got to have the soul. If you don't have the soul, then I advise for you to be an architect or an engineer or something else. But otherwise, you know, if you want to play music, you got to have that soul, number one. Two, you got to have a huge vocabulary. Be down to earth, open to any kind of criticism. Uh, watch, absorb, learn new things all the time, nonstop. I'm still learning, man. And you know what? With with that, that sounds like a perfect place to bring this wonderful interview to an end. But before we do that, I want to for you to tell us where people can find Zylan Raza. Oh, gosh. Right now, <laughs> you can just... Uh, I know, I know you're on Facebook at least. Yeah, Facebook and Instagram. Instagram will be Xylan, but spelled just like the xylophone. X Y L U N N. Okay. This is on Instagram. Yeah, and TikTok Xylan too. Uh, TikTok, I have some videos in there too. 
uh, you can check me out on TikTok. It's Xylan too, I think. X Y. I, I can't remember which one of them. <laughs> but anyway, Facebook I'll have it and in the, the description. Yes, uh, YouTube not very much because I've gosh, I was supposed to be putting up a lot of stuff on YouTube. Oh, besides music, cooking is oh, a lot yeah. in Instagram. I forgot to Instagram. mention that. Facebook and I have people asking for recipes and things like that, which I hopefully to get uh, more into it. You know, I'll share. I love to share. Y'all see something that I cook, y'all like, man. Let me know. Yeah, you know. But if you live nearby, matter of fact, last night somebody saw you live nearby. I packed some stuff. I said, "Okay, your stuff is ready." Oh, no, 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 no. And they got all embarrassed. I didn't mean to. I said, "No, man, I got it ready for you. I got food here for you. Come on, let me give it to you." Gave it to them, and they're like, "Oh my God, this is how you're a chef." I said, "I'm not a chef. I'm just a cook who loves someone who loves to cook." And I call myself a cook. I cannot call myself a chef because I need to be qualified for that. I need right. to, you know. Right. Yeah. Let's be fair to those to those uh, people who's. Went through all this culinary school for years and years and years. Yeah. Well, sir, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate the time. And uh, we we have to do another project together soon. We'll do it. Thank you so much for having me, man. All right. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to this episode of Music, the Bed of Life. I will have all the information in the description where you can get a hold of Zylon and maybe... If I'm lucky, maybe I'll post a recipe of his too. Because if you watch some of his food, it is looking <laughs> mighty tasty. So thanks for listening. And everybody, have a great time doing whatever you're going to do after this. And we hope you come back to the next episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. For more information about this show and past episodes, go to www.musicthebedoflife.com. Please like, share, and subscribe to stay informed of new episodes. Join your host, Anthony V. Simiel, on the next quest to discover how music plays such an important part of our lives and the many individuals responsible for making it happen. Music is the bad, music is the bad, music is the bad. Our life. Music is the bad, music is the bad, music is the bad.